0: Lost and Sound is sponsored by Audio-Technica. This year, it's the company's 60th anniversary. Audio-Technica are a global but still family-run company that make studio-quality yet affordable products. They made the first microphone I ever bought. They make stuff that I use still. They make stuff that you probably use too because they believe that high-quality audio should be accessible to all. So head on over to audiotechnica.com to check out all of their range of stuff. Okay, I'm Paul Hamford, this is Lost and Sound, and you're about to hear an interview I had with a true techno rebel Nastia. Welcome to Lost & Sound. I'm Paul Hanford, your host. I'm a writer and author based in Berlin, where I'm speaking to you now from, where it's currently really, really, really cold. It's about minus two degrees. I'm on a street called Friedelstrasse, which is in Neukern. Um, and I've just had a really nice bowl of mushroom soup, which I'm hoping is going to keep me warm enough as I stand outside and talk to you about today's show. Okay, so yes, of course, this is Lost and Sound, the show where I have conversations with the musical innovators, the outsiders, the mavericks, the artists that do their own unique thing, and we talk about life and the things that inspire us to make the things that we make. Because great things don't come out of a hierarchy of knowledge. They don't come out of hoarding it all together and making out you're some wizard working on your own. They come out of sharing. Previous guests have included Peaches, Jim O'Rourke, Chili Gonzalez, Letitia Sadie, Ghost Poet, Cozy Funny Tootie, Nightmares on Wax, and First and More. And today, you're going to hear a conversation I had with a true dance floor outlier, Nastia. My book, Coming to Berlin is available now on velocity press and in all good bookshops and thank you so much to everyone that's read it so far it means it means a lot to me um still t- still time to get it if you want to get someone a nice little present to slot under the tree somehow um but today i'm really excited about this one um a massive fan of nastia is a bit of a dream come true to meet her and we had some very serious things to talk about she's a true techno outlier how can i say anything otherwise born in a small ukrainian village she started djing in 2005 but she broke through internationally around 2009 partly in due to some grainy video footage of her playing at a festival that turned up on youtube and just the energy of her performance, of her dancing, and, and the energy of it just did something and helped break her through. Now, today she's one of the most in-demand techno DJs, traveling internationally every weekend. She's the label boss, she's the label boss, sorry, of Necto, and everything about her is uncompromising. Her sets are hard, deep, and I think come from an intense sense of movement that is tied to her roots as a dancer unlike so many djs she for the most part has not gone into production she stayed true to being a dj and just a dj as her biography states i am not a producer i am a true dj she's known also for actively choosing to be selective where she plays playing good venues with good sound systems maybe to smaller crowds um which for someone of her size and her amount of followers and all of that. She could be playing massive arenas on stupid electronic spiders if she wished, but she's more at home in these kind of intimate environments, keeping the music pure. She's outspoken, which outspoken is a shorthand word for just basically being honest about what she feels. And with her, there really is no filter. Of course, this brings me on to February, what began... This year on February the 24th when Russia started invading the Ukraine, she at the time was at home in Kiev with her daughter, and they had to leave the country very like, like so many other people in a state of emergency. And this is something we talk about this year, reflections that she's had through what's happened this year um, in detail during the podcast and well so we met up yesterday yesterday was december the 12th 2022 and we met in the michelberger hotel in berlin uh the night before she had played at berlin's rso club and um this is what happened
1: four, five, six.
0: Perfect, perfect, yeah. <laughs> does it feel quite strange sometimes, because, you know, the world is, there's so many kind of speaking English all of the time, you know, having to kind of always have to translate into English, is that quite a strange feeling?
1: Um. What do you mean?
0: Like, for instance, just then saying one, two, three, four, you know, it's just assumed that people speak English all of the time. It, does that become annoying that... English become such a...
1: No, yeah. I think it's great. I mean, I like speaking English. I wish it could be better. I mean, I, I'm, I think my voc- vocabulary is not as good as I wish, but uh, there is still the way to work on it. But I feel good speaking English. I think it's a great language.
0: Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I think also with, with as a native English speaker, I do feel it's a language that does allow for people to speak it however they wish
1: yeah, in the end uh, even in my English I, I still feel the influence of uh, my native language you know, like I, I kind of turn the sentence in a way that I used to say it in, in my language and it it, it just uh, constantly gets a, a new form which may be not as correct as uh, should be but sometimes it just has a special flavour you know, and why not?
0: definitely, in a way it kind of moves the language forward Uh, an an ex-partner of mine was from Lithuania and I would quite often translate job applications um, from her writing into kind of correct English and I'd realized there were certain phrases that I couldn't change because they would change the meaning entirely if I did I had to keep them in her grammar
1: yeah exactly yeah I think it's like that definitely
0: yeah (laughs) so you you were playing RSO last night yeah um, and uh, how is Berlin for you these days in terms of playing here?
1: To be honest, it's not about Berlin. It's about my current state of mind and you know my taste at the moment, my focus and direction in the music. So it just it doesn't matter where I play. It depends on the vibe, on the crowd. You know, monitoring in a digi booth, you know, it's everything, every detail matters. Mm-hmm. So yesterday it was not crowded that much, but, uh, you know, playing music is fun. So even though like it was four hours and it's quite a, kind of, kind of, like longer journey than I usually do because usually uh, I play like two hours set, which is like basic, mm-hmm. but four hours. Yeah. I, I do only, I think in Berlin right now. And, uh, you just start with one track and then the flow comes because if you feel comfortable playing if you feel comfortable in a dj booth if the monitoring system is great then you just you know you just uh, lose the feeling of time and go from one track to another trying new uh, um, new tracks that you've recently found how they fit to each other and like it's just you know a kind of a process which is uh, gives you a joy and uh, kind of a trip and uh, i loved it last night i think it was a great set i was trying some cool new experimental stuff and then i went back to the, my older folders with the classic techno you know so it just i played i think i played a little bit of everything and uh, the satisfaction after i played it was high
0: amazing <laughs> <laughs> and you you mentioned the word flow state as well and that's one of the things that i always love talking about and always love hearing what people think about and, and for you what are the kind of main ways that you can make sure you create the flow state
1: the flow state is so sensitive and it depends on so many details that you cannot control so it's it's impossible to expect it or it's impossible to plan it mm-hmm. It just there or it's not there and sometimes I just I get so excited about Particular one particular party, and I think like wow this is gonna be great and stuff like that. But then you come to the place, and something little goes wrong, and there is no flow anymore. So it's like it's uh, it's kind of uh, it's like a sun in a cloudy day. So it just comes out sometimes, and if you catch this mood of getting the sun on your body, on your eyes, and then you 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 know like you fix. Yourself in the mood, and then you take it for the whole day, and then for later it doesn't matter if the comes, uh, if the sun comes out again or not. You just have to, you got it, you got the feeling. And flow is is very something mysterious, and um, it's uh, it's energy. You know, you you cannot build it, you cannot help yourself. You you can help yourself, and you can try things just to unite people around yourself and just get connected to you and to your music during the party, during your set, which really helps. But in the end, uh, I mean, without sound system, for example, without good sound system, you cannot do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's certain things that are basic and they help to get this floor. Mm. It's a sound system, first of all. And, uh, yeah, I experience a lot of things when you, I come to the place and the sound is not so good. I, I wish it was better. And, of course, in this kind of places, you cannot get
0: it. It's like trying to cook without an oven.
1: Yeah, That's exactly. System,
0: yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had experiences recently where I've been to clubs where the sound system has been just loud with no body or no, nothing in there, and it's just made me want to leave.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And is it still very important for you to play, I know you used to say, this is going back a couple of years, um, smaller parties over kind of festival experiences or crowds.
1: I still love it. I mm. think it's, this is the real clubbing, this is the real culture. Like festivals are cool, but, you know, it's just a different thing. I would even not connect them together. Like it's totally different directions. Clubbing is uh, giving you the feeling of uh, this intimacy, and you know you are party with the people. You all party. You're on the same place. You are close to each other. Like you see, like people see how you work. Uh, people come can come and shake your hand or sell you things. You know, like it's kind of a um, cool place where you meet people and you feel like you're on the same page. Mm. But when you're on playing at the festival, you're on the stage. You're so far. You don't see. The emotions of the people. And the people, they just look at you and some kind of an entertainer, you know, like entertain us, do something, play music, do moves, dance, whatever. I mean, it's just uh, a different concept, I would say. And I really don't like few things at the festivals. Like, I would say hate, but I don't like to use this word. <laughs> but I don't like to be that far on a stage. I don't think it's, necessar- it's, it's necessary to build such a far stage and then you feel lonely there standing and mm-hmm. you cannot do anything about the vibe besides playing music. But there is so much more that you can do, you know. Mm-hmm. And another thing is fences. That they just... I f- every time I see fences, I feel like people are kind of in a in cage, you know, like... And you are in a zoo. You are an animal. They they watch you. They say like, "Oh, cool, you are cool." And then you are. I mean, I I feel isolated somehow. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a border, and it shouldn't be there. So it's getting the vibe and uh, pff, doesn't help a lot. So yeah, I definitely prefer clubs still. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: I, I totally agree with you on what you're saying. And and if you felt like, because obviously in the last ten years there's become this whole kind of. EDM culture, um, which is obviously very different from underground culture, but there's a kind of a crossover as well in terms of like business and expectations and the whole kind of separation and the kind of turning electronic music into like a kind of rock, like a kind of cabaret.
1: Um, to be honest, I think in general, we have less and less borders, like... Even uh, techno DJs, like, used to be techno. I don't know how to even, like, name the DJs now because they they play so much different music, you know, Mm -hmm. like... And it's uh, less and less uh, lines in between. So everything gets just in one place and then it's good to make the culture and the scene, like, more Mm open-minded. But at the same time, it brings a lot of... um, Anti-culture effect, you know, like, um, the quality of the music, the sound, um, and, um, everything gets a little bit more commercial. All of this like videos, phones, and I don't know. It just, uh, it just changes, you know, like it just, it's not the same that we get used to it. I'm, I mean, I'm playing for 17 years now. I've been seeing things. It's not like I'm playing. For 30 years like other DJs like some of the older ones but still 17 years is enough exp- of experience to see where we go and um, for me it gets more and more difficult because I'm I'm a little bit um, I'm not a poorist but I really care for the culture for the, for the real culture of electronic music and the club music especially with dance electronic music so um, I don't like much what's going on and this new waves of cheesy hard style techno, you know, with mm-hmm. these remixes and pop songs and stuff. It just it's fun mm-hmm. once a while, but uh, seems like you know there is a border for me in between fun and making it uh, cheesy. So yeah. there is always it has to be balanced somehow. Mm-hmm. You can you can like play a couple of tracks like which are really like outstanding, like you know the kind of refreshing or shocking people because it's something that they, that they will never expect hearing you know mm. but at the same time it shouldn't be too much and um i always my my kind of um, mission and like the way i understand djing and you know being an artist is uh, you you must Keep at least the way of 50 50, 50% of education and 50% of entertainment. Mm-hmm. You need to find the, the middle of this thing and just, you know, try to do both or choose one way, but then don't pretend on other side, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like that for me. And uh, I would feel really guilty if, if uh, I would go more for entertain entertainment because i think being an artist is a is a responsibility and this music and this culture is not just for fun mm-hmm. it's also the way you educate the new generation the new crowd you know they they must listen to quality music and so they they have a way to go and to discover another levels of the quality you know mm-hmm. and when you just give them something cheap like fast food. I call it fast food techno, mm-hmm. you know, fast food music. You give it fast food and then, you know, you don't need to think much about, about it because mm-hmm. you came to hang out and just, you know, whatever. But I take it seriously. I take it seriously, definitely. And uh, for me, it hurts to see sometimes when it gets too far mm-hmm. in uh, entertainment rather than just, you know, just do, do something. Mm, take a risk, you know, mm-hmm. Um, give an alternative to the people, be different and stuff like that
0: definitely, and I mean Andy Wetherill was famously said that there's a cheese line and it's okay to go right up to it, but never over it, you know, and also what you're saying about the importance of the education as well and techno and dancing you know, disco before it has always been so importantly linked with communities and um, sometimes that comes into the form of protest as, as, as well Like that, and, and I wanted to kind of ask moving to kind of subjects if, you, if you're happy to talk about about things that have happened this year um, and uh, I'm going around about that way so I'm going to change that question a bit and start by asking about February the 24th um, and I wanted to know what you were doing that day and did you suspect this was happening?
1: Oh, well, um, I woke up at uh, early morning. I realized that something is happening, so we got packed in one hour, and then the whole day I was just driving. I was driving for twenty-four hours, so I arrived to Poland on twenty-fifth in the morning. And I mean, when you're driving, you don't have much to. You just focus on uh, on the road. And it actually helped me, you know, like Mm -hmm. somehow. Because for me, driving is meditating. I really love driving. So I cannot complain that I was even driving like for 24 hours non-stop myself. But uh, I think it kind of took me away of overthinking about what's happening. Also, I I was not able to read the news to see how it's happening, what's going on and stuff. So, you know, I was kind of in my like one way, just the road driving. Take us to the safe place, and that's it. So yeah, and uh, for everybody, it was just different experience. For me, it was just driving, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I, I can sometimes drive to places and I don't remember getting there really or something. You go into a kind of meditation. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like it's just kind of uh, you are in this kind of uh, also. It's kind of a flow. When uh, when I play music, when I flow, I don't have a feeling of the time, and I. It's kind of a, it has a affect um, mm. effect, you know, like you you feel affected of of, of something mm. by something, and just you know uh, you just get into the certain kind of uh, state of mind, and you're not able to analyze things, you're not able to realize things in the moment. You will be you will do it later. It will come mm. later when it's finished. So it's like it's it's um, we call it. Uh, I, I call it def- like patok. Patok means like, yeah, it's a, it's a flow. It's mm. it's a, it's, a, it's a flow. You're just there, and nothing else matters.
0: It's being a form of being in the moment, rather than sort of be, putting yourself in the past or the future. Yeah,
1: times. and it doesn't matter what's happening around you. Just mm. you're just there. And you just go, and and when it stops, and then you analyze and realize things that you you've been doing, you know.
0: And I imagine that's also very important in a kind of fight or flight kind of sense as well. That what you need to do is get yourself and your family out of the situation, and not to think of possibilities, but to do that first. Yeah. Mm. I mean, because I I spent some time in Kiev um, three years ago, and one of the things that really struck me, I went a few times, is just the, the, you know, the community and and the dance floor scene was so amazing. I spent a lot of time at Closer and uh, just hanging around Padil and... stuff. Sorry about my pronunciation. It's okay. And um, I wanted to know what you feel... um, is. What's the vibe like at the moment when you've been back or when you've had contact? Because I know you've been back a few times to play... You know how, how are people f- using music as a sort of, a, a, a sort of resistance or a sort of strength?
1: To be honest, it's. Uh, I think I'm. I don't have a right to answer on this question because I don't have experience. I'm not there. Right. And yeah. only people who are there, they will be able to answer on this question. It's fair, mm. you know. Like I don't like to pretend that I understand something which I don't experience. You know. Yeah. No. You must be there to see how it goes and how. From Also, from one party to another party, it's different concert, uh, context, it's different vibe, it's different whatever, just so unstable
0: mm-hmm.
1: anywhere you go, and I think with music as well. But I'm happy that it's, too, it's still uh, ongoing, you know, like mm-hmm. it's still there and uh, there is a lot of new people, new promoters, super young, the, you know, they just, it starts always from what? you get together with some friends a bunch of friends and then a little company and then the next time you meet each other it's a little bit more friends of the friends and then it grows, grows, grows and then it's a little community and then it's just you know, like that and uh, I've heard uh, stories about the new people and, and uh, doing some kind of things mm-hmm. and also the promoters who stayed, they also done some parties, you know, mm-hmm. and it is, it's different to even the to, to different regions. For example, now in Kiev there are blackouts, mm-hmm. but they still manage how to make some parties, you know, like, first of all, it's a curfew. You you, you are allowed to do a parties only during the day. Then blackouts and this problem is electricity. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know how long the party will be, when uh, the lights will be off and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. just very, you know, Um, everything is very unpredictable and uh, sudden and uh, yeah just it's interesting i'm I'm so curious about how it goes and i wish i was there honestly it's like i'm so as an artist i'm so dependent on logistics i need to fly out like and around every weekend and if i wouldn't have this job and if i would be like i don't know music producer without like so many gigs I will definitely stay in Kiev and just leave this moment because it's so important for our history and for the scene as well. I would love to observe um, how people take it, how, which way they, they go, how they think about it, what they think about it. Because there is a lot of uh, this uh, also uh, a moral um, ethics, which is about how you can party when uh, people are dying on mm-hmm. the front, another half says like, yeah, but the, the, the our friends who are on the front fighting for our, our lives, and we need to live it. You know, like mm-hmm. we still need to keep on going and be happy mm-hmm. and be grateful to those people who who give us uh, who given us a chance and opportunity to live this life. You know, mm-hmm. so like every day every day counts, and uh, you never know what's gonna be tomorrow. So. Let's uh, spend it uh, today as the last day of our lives. Mm-hmm. This is kind of also a state in, in Ukraine right now. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So it's like, you know, different angles uh, and different ways of how we can uh, perceive it and how we can accept it or, t- or take it. But I did strongly believe that music is a, is a therapy session, so you need music. Also, it's mm-hmm it's the place if you have a a bar or a club or whatever party it is it's kind of a a club of interests you know Mm -hmm. you meet people who are kind of in the same um, in the same way that you are you have the same interests and it just you know takes you away for a while from the thoughts that we have a war and it's dangerous and like uh, it's a big big tragedy you know like Mm -hmm people need to relax still, you know, they, they just need to have a break of this kind of oppression. And I think music and the places where people play music is a good uh, uh, thing to do and uh, place to be.
0: And you know, without that as well, it's almost like another way in Russia or whoever the oppressor is in the situation wins, isn't it? Because if, if everyone kind of stops... Expressing and coming together as a community, then that's another way that people are letting this into themselves.
1: This is definitely uh, an important thing to say, and thank you for saying that. I think that we must keep creating, we must mm-hmm. keep uh, being strong and do what we love and what we can, mm-hmm. uh, what we used to, what we were born for, you know, like uh, to let uh, somebody. Uh, Lose your sense and uh, create this kind of uh, miscommunication with the world. This is the real win. It's not about dying you 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 die being alive, you know so it's very important to keep on doing what you what you were born for and it doesn't matter if it's entertainment or it's uh, um, it doesn't matter which uh, business or industry or um, way you work. You you just need to do your you just need to be at your place and do what you you should do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I you've been very I mean honest and how you use social media as well is always something that you know you've always just used it as a way to kind of be very clear and honest about everything. And then this year as well um, you were very critical as well and spoke up against um, people like Nina Kravitz. And um, then there was this kind of strange backlash of um, comments from other DJs who sort of seemed to want to kind of put you in your place. And I know, I know in the bigger scheme of things, it really doesn't matter if some dj in birmingham in england is going oh you know good vibes only you know yeah it's ridiculous yeah i mean do you have any thoughts about that or you know about that kind of
1: i think uh, these people they just don't understand first of all they don't understand the message what i'm saying and i i really know this person like i'm not Mm. talking about something that i don't know Mm. i really know her i have been we've been friends back in the days and i've been following what she was doing and all of this post about Putin. She's super Putin fan, you know. Like she, she, what? Since she told me like, uh, Putin knows what he's doing. He's super intelligent. Yes, he's he's super intelligent, but he's destroying my country. And you keep on silence on it. You pretend that you like just you know. You, music is the only thing that I like, but whatever. I mean, you still talking things on the backstage and people know about it. Like we all know. Everybody knows. And those DJs who came to my post trying to defend her and like pretend like, why you are uh, asking this from only only, like, why you're calling out uh, single Nina? It's just because she is the face of Russian culture, you know? Like, uh, she represents Russia and she's doing this in a way that shouldn't be acceptable, you know? And uh, yeah, I don't give a sorry shit that people think about me after saying that because I'm strongly confident about those things Mm. and i still think like that and i can uh, talk about it with anybody i'm not scared of uh, any kind of reaction if people like it or not but i think uh, the problem is that our community and also the the generally uh, uh, the european mentality is so soft and tender you know like uh, whatever you step out of the box and just do something shocking or say something shocking or, like, speaking out about kind of the thing which people usually don't speak about. And then everybody, everybody gets crazy, like, oh, wow, 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 what's happening? The people, these people, they just don't know how to handle it. They don't have a critical um, thinking of and analyzing, like, yes, it's shocking, it shouldn't be this way, but in this moment... We can understand her because she has a kind of a right. And if she, uh, I mean, she, she knows what she's saying. It's not about, like, fairy tales or, you know. So just accept it, you know. Like, you don't need to criticize it or give your opinion about it. You just can see it and say, like, okay, well, we understand. But there's so many, like, um, controversial uh, things around it. And what I realized... Um, For me, speaking out and being real and honest and open about everything is just uh, always brings kind of uh, misunderstandings. So usually it's like I I say one thing and people turn it upside down, taking the words out of the context and just build their own meaning of my message, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is what happened like and every time happens when I do some kind of a post. And, uh, yeah, like, all of the stereotypes about me that I'm kind of scandalous and, uh, like, DJ hate and, like, blah, 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 like, I'm toxic and stuff like that, I don't give a shit about it. It's just because you are not intelligent enough to understand what I mean, so this is your problem. Mm. You cannot handle it, it's also your problem. It's just me, I'm like that. If you don't like it, just unfollow me, you know, like, it's not necessary to stay in my, in my circle or in my field, so... Yeah, I think it's just a a problem of the people, not me. (coughs) I've never been scared of uh, doing anything that I feel. If I feel it, I will do it. There is no way to stop me or change my mind. And uh, I've been talking with my psychotherapist about it, and she said, like, yeah, you just go, um, like, how to say it? Like, the flow goes one way, and you just go...
0: Is swimming against the stream.
1: Yes, exactly. Like I, I like break things. You know, mm. like I like uh, when I see something happening when, which is not uh, fair. Mm. I will definitely speak about it. I, I will take a side of the people who struggle, and I will uh, always, you know, support things. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing a post about this abortion in mm. low in in America as well. Like I've been telling my own story about it and just. You know, just be... People need an examples. People need uh, real people. We don't want to see the fakes and only, like, kind of images mm-hmm. in, a, in, in in the media. I, I don't like it, you know. Like, I, I feel it just, we go nowhere. That's why I keep it real, and it's just not only that's why just because i cannot be any other way <laughs>
0: yeah and do you think being the mother as well and i know that's kind of in, in the past that's also meant that you haven't carried out a classic dj lifestyle in a lot of a lot of ways that sort of you know the whole kind of party type thing do you think that, that also gives you a sort of a level of wanting to be more protective about about people and about more caring, in a way, I guess, about
1: society. No, I think it's not about my motherhood. It doesn't. It's not connected. It's just because I was born and I was like grown up in in, in kind of a, not an environment and also the culture that the movies I was watching. I'm kind of a dreamy, naive uh, woman in the end. Like I, I really believe in people. You know, I've been uh, I, I hurt myself so much in trusting people. I've been having so many breakups this year, I had to clean up my circle because people were not able, people in whom I believed, they were not able to give me a basic support and I, so I felt like wow, I spent so many years on, on this kind of relationship, I wasted so much of myself and in the end it just it's a, it's kind of my illusion that they were good enough to get it from me, you know so a lot of disappointments and stuff but And my mother, uh, as as we speak about my motherhood and a DJing life, I can definitely say that I don't live in the classic way both of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not a classic DJ because I've been a mother and I've always had this responsibility that I don't go to the after parties, you know, I don't do drugs. I don't do this and that, just because it doesn't fit to my status, you know, because my daughter is waiting for me, I need to come back fresh and fit to satisfy her and, like, uh, compensate that uh, lack of attention that she was experiencing while I was away. And then I'm not uh, also, like, a DJ in the classic way, just because... I simply have a lack of going to the record shops, I I don't have much music, on, I don't have much time to spend on music, it's ridiculous, but it's a fact, you know, and it's the most, it's the main thing in my life which makes my, like, which makes me struggle, because I'm a successful DJing, traveling around the world, but I have a lack of time to check some music news, you know, it, it sounds... Surreal and funny, and like it's it's really ridiculous, but it it is like that because I'm always busy in some, you know, label, daughter, organization. Like I'm a, I'm a very good manager, you know, like and time manager manager as well. So I'm always busy to help people to do this and that, and that and that and that and that, and just my head is always so busy with other things that I need to manage. That in the end of the day, I I'm or exhausted or just having like one hour to go through the like. What, what, okay, let's go to the demo, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I, I listen to the demos. And also, like, I don't just listen to the demos. I answer people, even if uh, their music is not for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm leaving the comments. I'm giving the feedback. So it's also takes a lot of time, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like you just go to the record shop and just listen to the music, which already released easy. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, like it or not. But then, when you listen to the demons, people are waiting for your feedback. People are hoping that you've been listening to it, and you have an opinion about it. Whatever opinion it is, they just want to have, like, a other side connection, you know? Like, yeah. So they don't feel like they wasted their time, or they had this, like, useless hope that somebody will answer them. And I really care for this. And I, I generally just care for the people. Like, if they do something to me, bad or good, doesn't matter. I really care. And I really care about the whole thing, the culture, the 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 this like speaking out the these topics this everything it's just so many things to do Mm. about caring
0: yeah and and how did kind of club culture and music first come into your life
1: oh um you know I'm originally I think I was born to be a dancer originally Um, not the musician not the DJ. Of course, I have a feelings to the music, and I feel the music with all like my body and mind and everything. And just that's why it was quite easy for me to learn how to DJ and be successful. Like in one, only in one year, I've been already like super famous. You know, it helped a lot. But um, I have two sisters. They're older than me, and the older sister, she been bringing, like, a cassette home, and it was Enigma, you know, like Enigma, yes, yeah, remember. and then it was, uh, you know, this kind of electronic music, which is uh, not, not on the ground, it wasn't techno, it wasn't something in- instrumental, but it still, it was super electronic, you know, and also, like, then Chemical browser, then um, prodigence all of this, like, and uh, I've been watching a lot of movies from where I will have my favorite soundtracks. Mm-hmm. It's also was cool, you know, like, I have a list of uh, movies where, uh, from where I've been so inspired and especially with the music. And I still listen to, to those uh, mm-hmm. soundtracks. And uh, I think it also helped, you know, to, to, for this electronic music culture. And then I just uh, started to be DJing uh, um, this house of culture in my village. Mm-hmm. And I started to go to Donetsk, where my sisters were, like, they moved there after finishing school. And as I'm the youngest one, I've been still, like, studying in a village. But then I, would, I used to visit them in, during the weekends. And then from there, in their own, like, neighborhood in the city, there was, like, a very really little club. And they would let me go there to dance and, you know, have a good time. And I've been doing that every two weekends. And yeah, and then I came when I started to like study in the university. I straight away I, I've been working as a go go dancer. Mm. So I've been always like into the nightlife and this DJ life and you know this culture. And uh, it's, it's just happened naturally. Mm. So I'm here I yeah? am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the, the dancing is so connected to the actual. Since it was like the, the DJ, a way you could express dancing. Because I remember seeing the uh, the YouTube from 2009 where you're kind of going crazy like that.
1: <laughs> I totally think that my success was because, mm. and happened because, I never uh, disconnected uh, dance from the music. Mm-hmm. And I loved dancing, you know. Like, now it's a little bit different, but then sometimes it just... It just takes you in another level and you just lose your mind you know and just let your body free and it doesn't matter how it looks like from the side you know because when when this video came out in this that 2009 in the green dress i was a little bit shy i was ashamed even like you know like wow it looks crazy you know like um i don't want to be like that girl you know i don't want to people think that i'm always like that because it was just a moment you know but it helped me a lot. It's, that video opened the international doors for my career. And then I started to travel internationally around because people were so curious about who I am. Like, who, who is this girl, you know? And I've always been super expressive. And that's how also it's connected to my honesty and uh, being open about speaking and doing things.
0: It's so interesting, isn't it, that those moments where, you know, you might feel a bit nervous about expressing... Yourself or coming out—they're they're, they're quite often in people's lives. They seem to be the bit that actually transforms them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm extra extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just you know, it's my nature, and it helps me to be to feel alive. You know, in the end, I'm, I don't pretend on anything. I'm just—it just—I'm like, just like that, and I accept it. I, I take it, and I stop to trying to be someone else, you know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I guess that that, that, that kind of dancing as well, like like you're saying with being outspoken now, we're saying your truth now. It kind of must be like a link together, like you're saying. It's like reminding yourself that dancing is a good way to know that being yourself is the best way.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything that you do uh, in the pure energy and like everything that is true Mm -hmm. to you, It just uh, makes you feel yourself, you know, like, you... I've been experiencing some, like, periods of my life and I didn't feel like, oh, maybe I should try this, oh, look, with this person, this thing works, maybe I should try it, and stuff like that. So I've been just trying to, if I can fit somewhere or if I can... Uh, try this and be mm. same successful as this person that I see doing it. You know, like kind of trying, yes. And then in the, in the end, I realize that it doesn't work because you have your own way and um, not doing it. Mm. And like, like when, you, when you put it in a hold, yeah. And you don't let your flow come out, then mm. it's gonna intoxicate yourself from inside. Yes, and this is yes. how you you start uh, doing wrong. Mm-hmm. and that's how you lose um even what you 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 got before so just it's very important uh to feel your own way and even if it doesn't fit to the norm even if it doesn't fit to the uh popular things or like mm-hmm. hype or whatever there is no way you will you will fit to it and mm-hmm. it's it's impossible to do it in uh not in a natural way, you know, like... So it has to... Whatever it com- comes from you out, if it's not, like, super, like... Uh, if it's not wrong, if it's not, like, um, violation or mm. something like that, then you just let it go and just let it, you know, out. <laughs> Get it out. And it, uh, this is real you.
0: Mm. I think I, I 100% agree with you. and I, But I think also sometimes on the flip side of that, what happens sometimes when people don't do this or they don't want to kind of realize that this whole process of being yourself and they, they just want the fame or they just want the success, um, they're not being true to themselves. You know, it's like jumping from one thing, going, not going through any of the journey or letting yourself out because sometimes the real you isn't someone that's going to be successful in that way. You know, it, it might be someone that's brilliant at something else, but people just need to have that success.
1: Um, the only thing that will help you to get the success is working hard, mm. but uh, you cannot compromise with your real nature. Like there is a, you, you I mean, it's just against yourself, you know, mm. and it sounds so easy, trust yourself get it out and just you know be yourself and stuff like that we hear it every day in every corner and it sounds super easy everybody like so philo- uh, uh, philo- uh like it's a kind of a philosophy you know like but it's a way to learn to be yourself you we all born and like kind of ourselves, and then we get the, like this and that and that for some like other people, and we losing ourselves somehow. So we need to find a way when we get like older and when we get like grown people. Mm-hmm. We need to find a way of who we are, and yeah, how to actually be ourselves because this is it's not easy. You need to learn it. It's it's a journey. It's the way, and it's a hard work. So yeah, in my uh, success. I would say the hard work helped a lot. I'm, I'm just restless, you know, like yeah. uh, I cannot rest. And I, I'm always busy with something. I love working. And this like paid off uh, the result, you know. But when I was uh, trying things and trying those things because they were, I thought they will bring me success, I was burning out. Mm-hmm. I nearly I retired. I, I, like I nearly re- retired. So uh, it doesn't help a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. How do you feel now at the moment? Do you feel good where you are with, with the, team, the DJing?
1: I'm super strong. Yeah. I'm super strong. I mean, this year been very tough. And I think i reached uh, <laughs> some, like, another levels of being myself. And I'm less and less afraid to show who I am. Like, not afraid just because, you know, even speaking out about Kravitz, you know, like, uh, I've been thinking bad about her, like, years. Mm-hmm. She's been doing really bad things to me personally, and, like, in, in general, in the scene. People don't know it because it's on the backstage. So I was like, I should keep my mouth shut, you know, like, people will not understand me. People will never get it. And, you know, this kind of a feminism it's like kind of solidarity, woman to woman, which I hate because like the other woman has to get my respect. I cannot just respect it for nothing, you know, like I'm super fair and I'm similar. To, my, my behavior is similar and the same to everybody. It doesn't matter who is, woman or man. If you I don't respect, you, I just don't respect you. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't like this kind of toxic feminism, which is like insisting you to kind of be solace, like solidar with a, with a woman that you don't respect. So I've been holding it for a while and then just with her posts about the war, she just gave me a reason and I was like, fuck it, I mean I don't care anymore, like I don't care how people will understand me or not it's just there, I know it and I will speak out about it and yeah, just, you know it's, it was a risk. It affected my uh, profile. People took it wrong. People think I'm toxic and I'm a bad person, but i a bad wife. But in the end, those who really understand me and they know me and they know me as a person and also like, see how, much, how open I am in my uh, social media, they stayed. You know? mm-hmm. I didn't lose much, but in the end, it just. Uh, I feel like I'm making a difference.
0: Yeah, which that's is for important, sure. Important yeah, 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 yeah. I'm
1: just, I'm just different. I'm just doing things that are not common in our community. Mm. And uh, why not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think that the West could be doing more of in terms of the invasion and in terms of, of what you feel? From, also, because you're traveling so much, you must notice lots of different ways of attitudes that people have about these things.
1: Uh, the thing is that, uh, lots of people struggle because of this war, and now we, we see it even in our bills in mm. Europe, you know, like, um, it gets more and more complicated, and some of the people, they understand that it's a result of Russian invasion, but some of the people, they blame Ukrainians for that, just because, you know, it's, it's a complicated situation, and it depends on where you get the information from, like, because there is so much propaganda and so much, um, lies and this fake news and um, you know so it's a a very sensitive uh, topic for me and uh, what they could do more I think for me to win this war just get more and more military support I would invest and give all of my money to the army Mm. I'm not pacifist in this way like the way that my country is struggling right now I'm following the news it's just insane and people of my country, they didn't deserve it. They were just living their life quietly. Didn't, we didn't even touch anybody, you know? Like, we were just not having any kind of conflicts. We didn't have a reason. We didn't give a reason to, 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 the, to Russia to invade us. It was just their kind of idea. And uh, I'm not tolerant to the idea of let's talk about it. Let's stop this war in a kind of uh, agreement. But what a kind of agreement we can have right now after losing so many lives, you know, like, 500 children died, you know, like, they, they were just born, you know, like, uh, women are given birth in the shelters, like, uh, the, the, the surgeries, doing the operation without the... Um, during the blackouts, you know, you don't have uh, electricity, but you're still, you still, you're doing operation, you cannot stop just because there is no electricity, you know, like there's so many force majeures, there's so many situations that people just don't get here. They don't understand, it. they will never understand. I wish them to never understand it, maybe like that. But it hurts to see how people judge us and me for our opinion, for our fight, when I say fuck Russia. It's just fuck Russia, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. Just accept it. You don't need to uh, say, oh, you know, it's not nice, not everybody, not every Russian is bad, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I still have Russian friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm not not just talking about the people, but the general idea of Russia sucks. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't exist anymore, you know? And, And yes, I hate it. And just, you know it's just i feel like every ukrainian is kind of outsider right now because people would see what we do and what we say it, it looks insane or it looks sick or it's it looks too tough or too hard or too oh, yeah it just it's it's heavy it's 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 difficult to explain it's just yeah. a, a an issue and a matter of experience and i don't wish anybody Else to experience such a thing as a war.
0: Thank you for. I know it must be quite difficult to talk about. So I really appreciate you saying that. But um, because I, I, you know, I think what you're saying about people kind of wanting to just kind of shut off from it, and it's sort of, I kind of think, you know, like the same thing as like in the Second World War, where people, you know, like saying that about the Germans, you know, it's like, you know, oh, you know, not, not all, not all Germans, you know? <laughs> or or like in an, another example when uh, you know you get like a kind of. A, an incel, a kind of man getting angry about feminism saying, not all men, and they're kind of missing the point of yeah. what the Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
1: it's just the focus is moving from the main message to some details, you know. Mm-hmm. In the end, my message is clear. I'm super straight. I have a position and I have my opinion. And if you don't like it, okay, whatever. It's not my problem. It's not my business. Just go. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and does that, I mean, have you always felt that easy about the kind of goodbye, or is this, you getting more and more...
1: No, in, in, uh, in the topic of the war between Russia and Ukraine, there is no compromises, mm. and if it's goodbye, it's fucking goodbye, you know, mm. like, you just go, and I don't want to see you anymore, like, if you don't get it, you just cannot be close to me, you know, mm. because uh, we are on the same, not on the same page just, yeah, go wherever else and find uh, other people who think that it shouldn't be that tough, you know, mm. because, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just whatever, yeah. yeah.
0: Nastia, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. thank
0: you, thank you. Okay, so that was me, Paul Hanford, talking with Nastia on December the 12th, monday december twelfth, two 2022 and thank you so 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 much nastia for sharing your thoughts with me and with us and um for speaking i know these things can be very very difficult to talk about um in many many different ways and i for one support everything she said um and I'd also like to say thank you to the people at the Michelberger Hotel who are just really, really fucking awesome. I've always loved that place and I've always loved how it's how it's run with real love and care. And we arrived. I arrived in the lobby and there was a lot of, you know, as you would expect, there's some like nice background music, which isn't that great for doing a podcast. So I went and spoke to the owners and they very very kindly sorted out us out like a meeting room just on the spot so we could have that conversation in quiet for you so massive massive respect to Michelle Berger as well Uh, thank you so much Nastia for doing that interview um right so the music you hear at the beginning at the ending of all of these episodes is by ESO I always do a hyperlink to ESO's um, instagram page check out his other stuff lost and sound is presented and produced and put together and all of this by me paul hanford and the reason i can put these out all of the time well every week although i might have a few weeks off at christmas um just to just to let you know is because i get a uh, sponsorship from Audio Technica, which is a company that I, I love, that I've always used equipment by. They are the makers of high quality audio accessible to all headphones, turntables, cartridges, microphones, stuff that I like, stuff that I use, stuff that you probably use too. Wherever you are in the world, you can check out Audio Technica at audiotechnica.com. And my book, Coming to Berlin, is out now. Go buy it for Auntie Flo for her Christmas. She'll love it you'll love it. Have a fucking amazing one and speak to you soon.